Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bernie again. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we do everything we can to scratch that big old bare naked lady's itch in the middle of your back. We give you what you need. But I'm wondering, what do you need? Not a lot. Aaron, what do you need? (laughs) (laughs) All I want is a room somewhere far away from the cold night air. (laughs) Eliza Doolittle, we know you listen. Come on the show. Very nice. (laughs) <laughs> Betsy, what about you? What do you need? I need more bare naked ladies touring. <laughs> <laughs> I am we'll discuss that tonight. Something tells me. <laughs> <laughs> um what I need to know is Aaron what al- no, I'm just kidding. Um we are going to be doing that for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just too easy. You're you're you got a fifty fifty chance at this point. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm gonna have to figure out a different way to torture oh. <laughs> to circumvent. Cir- you know, Keep, <laughs> keeping me locked in your basement and forcing me to analyze these songs isn't enough. We, we no. need to develop the lore of the show. This is like uh, the satellite of love and MST. <laughs> At least he upgraded you from that like a uh, gravity feeder that little hamsters get, like the little lick one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't paint too bright a picture there. <laughs> yeah, I get little pellets. Nice. He feeds me dry food well. <laughs> three times a day, and then if I'm good, I get wet food. Basement, yeah. Nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I guess the album correctly. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me a little catnip. <laughs> well, now you're going to get the catnip for free because it's too easy a guess. Money for nothing, catnip for free. <laughs> oh. If, if people out there have an idea on how I can torture Aaron, please let me know. Please don't. <laughs> In the meantime, I'll just have to tell you all that this is from In Flight, which was released just last year. Um, and tonight we're going to be discussing the song What Do We Need And if you've never heard this song before Here is a quick snippet What do we need Not a lot I'm pretty sure that we could get by With half as much as we've got Where will we be After the spotlight fades All right, so this side of the tape is going to be a little different. I came into side one knowing almost all of the Bare Naked Ladies songs and loving them. Mm. And as I flip the tape over, this is the side of the tape I haven't listened to very often. Uh, I I often just rewound the tape and listened to side one over and over (laughs) and over again. So, um, I mean, I've only listened to these two discs two or three times each maybe at most uh some of the songs have stuck with me a little bit more but i'm more of a novice (laughs) with these new albums so um if we have any gen alpha listeners uh music used to come on these little magnetic cassette tapes that you put in a player it's not like uh, packaging tape or anything else it's actually musically related so (laughs) and you take a pencil to rewind it (laughs) if it got stuck if it got loopy all looped in the film yeah oh yeah of a certain age (laughs) that's a core memory for people of a certain age kind of like the old nintendo you know, I take out the cartridge <laughs> on, on, on Nintendo. Well, they actually <laughs> did release this album yeah. on cassette. It was one of the things you could buy. Nice. Oh, they are coming back. That's true. There's like a kind of a retro hipster mm. uh, movement. Now, I, I get the movement with uh, mm-hmm. vinyl. With vinyl, I'm not so convinced about tapes. Mm-hmm. 
but to each, yeah, to each their the own. Hissing. I'm not here to uh, to harsh anyone's mellow. If if you have a good reason to enjoy tapes, please yeah, go come for it and tell us why. Well, maybe I some people like the it. aesthetic of having the Walkman like on their hip or something. You know, like I said, it's, it might be kind of a it's, maybe it's yeah. more more of a, like a, a vibe. Thing. They like taking it's the pencil still. and whenever it got ripped. I don't think anyone know. likes that. <laughs> oh, have you ever had like a tape yep. like? It gets stuck, and you open up the Walkman or, or the boombox or whatever, and it starts spitting out tape. Like, actually, yep. Yep. oh, man, that was always a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, that's my favorite album. <laughs> that's about five minutes mm-hmm. of work yeah. right there. Get out the pencil. <laughs> I've had to that's actually, it. like... Or when it rips. Yeah, I've had to repair tape using scotch tape before, and it does work. Yep. Not ideal. Oh, yeah, it works. Get a little pop <laughs> sometimes when you at the. Splice. I usually would at that point go out and get a new a new recording well, tape. Yeah, put it in and record it onto the new tape. So I'm not as old as this is going to make me sound, but I have actually <laughs> cut and splice reel to reel audio tape just because we had a reel to reel in the studio where I went to school, and my professor was very cool in as much as he encouraged us to use all the different media and all the different older <laughs> styles to do stuff. So I did a transfer to reel to reel and I had to like actually use a razor form. blade to cut the tape and then I, I, I've taped it back together. <laughs> Very interesting experience. Uh, my hat is off to the engineers. I was going to say, old, it sounds like, like a project. Alan Parson. We know you listen. Please come on the show. Uh, like that guy we was working. Projects. Yeah. We, all of your projects. Uh, I mean, we also know that Alan Parsons was the... Um, the audio engineer for Dark Side of the Moon, one of the greatest albums of all time. So, yeah, I mean, he was not only a great musician, or is, I should say, but he's still with us, right? I hope so. Please come on the show. <laughs> Posthumously, <laughs> or if you're alive, it's great. We'll have a seance. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if not, then um, I feel so awful now that I don't know. if he, I, I'm, I'm going to Google it. Please be alive. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, Betsy, how many listens have you given to this uh, album? He is. I've given exactly two listens to this song and nothing else on the album because I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, uh, I'm just a little jaded because I, I heard they're kind of winding things down. But I don't blame them, but it is, you know, disappointing. All good things must come to an end, I guess, but still. Yeah, I think their last summer of er- on Earth may have been their last summer on oh, Earth at wow. this point. Yeah. There's pretty oh, scattered yeah. venues. Like, I don't know. Uh, update on they- Alan Parsons. He is still with Yay. us. He's a ripe old 75 ah. and uh, yeah, made some amazing music and also recorded some very amazing music as well. That's Please come on the show. Yeah, hop on. Now, this oh. is where we reveal that the al- Aaron has listened to this album 80 times. And <laughs> no, I have it's not. going to be the veteran now. No. Well, that would be, that'd be cool to do like a 180 on, on the end and be like, no, you guys, wow. How have you not noticed that, that tiny little detail? <laughs> but no, uh, like Betsy, I, uh, I only very recently heard this song. Yeah, so all of us are kind of coming to it with with new ears, yeah. which is cool. It's it's going to be cool with that with the next year kind of doing that. We are boarding um, the plane also- that is in flight. We have our tickets. <laughs> we just done. found our window seat. We're not quite taking off just yet. Goodbye. Nicholas, <laughs> <laughs> are here, 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 here. <laughs> Well, I get I get the feeling that that BNL's not boarding the flight. They're they're like landing the plane and exiting the plane before everyone else at this point. This this song and others Yeah, we'll get to it. Um they definitely reference refer to, you know, aging and uh and this song is kind of about touring being more difficult than it used to be and you know, I'm sure that's for various reasons, you know, it's not it's not just uh you know, like the physical difficulty of, you know, the actual wear and tear on your body of the long nights and spending time in a bus and all that. But uh, also, you know, just they, they're all grown up. They have families, you know, they have kids. They, their kids might have kids. I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah. If they don't, they're going to have it soon. Like, yeah. Ed's kids are mostly grown up. I don't say. think there's they any grandchildren have. just yet, but, I mean, yeah. they're getting to that age. They're Around the corner. Yeah, yeah. mid-20s, yeah. I think, is the oldest, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't. We haven't done any songs off this album yet, so I do want to say right out the gate, thank you, BNL. The insert on this album is so much easier to read. <laughs> um, dark colors against light colors, orderly lines, songs separated so they don't run from one to the next one. Like, thank a, you a so much. A graphic design person. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and this song is written by Ed. It's one of the few songs on this album written solely by Ed. Okay. And it sounds like um, a very Ed song. To, yeah. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Um, so yeah, why don't we, why don't we discuss a little bit of the music? Sure. Uh, Aaron, do you want to give us a breakdown? Let's break it down. So what do we need was recorded at 78 beats per minute. Precisely. It is in the key of E major or is <laughs> it? Um, what? I had a little bit of a, a dialogue going with myself as I was analyzing this because at times it almost feels like it's A Lydian, which would mean the tonal center is A, but it shares the same scale as E major. But as the song settles in, it does seem to gravitate towards resolving on E. And of course it ends on uh, E major. So I'm going to call it E major. But if any of you musical gumshoes out there want to write in and tell me how I got it wrong, I'm happy to hear the argument. If I were to ascribe a different mode to it, I would call it A Lydian, but I'm going to say E major. The verse changes are A major, C sharp minor 7, A major, B major, E major. So we start on A, but we do end on E. And assuming we're in E major, that would make the changes 4, 6, 4, 5, 1, which... Especially with the four five one turnaround, that does sort of settle the E major A Lydian feud. Do you hear me, Lydian fans? <laughs> you Lydians, you files. <laughs> uh, the chorus is A major to E major to A major to B major to E major. Very similar to the verse, but instead of uh, what is it four six four five one, we have four one. Four one five, wait four one four five one yeah, um, and then the bridge is slightly different. A major, E major, F sharp minor, E major, A major, C sharp minor seven, A major, B major, and I know what you're thinking, Lydians, send your complaints <laughs> to it's a Lydian at Aaron doesn't care dot com. We have then <laughs> see we're developing the lore of the show. We're gonna have. The Lydiates who are who are rebelling against my oppressive regime of E major. Um, we then have this progression of the rockin' accordion solo, which is its own thing to a certain extent. Again, it's all revolving around. There's a lot of A major, E major, B 
major, that kind of thing. But this is A major, B major to E major, C sharp minor, A major, B major, E major. So yes, the bridge does kind of sound like a Lydian a little bit, but it does resolve to the E at the end. And you can tell which sounds more restful, right? Listen to the A major that it starts on and listen to the E major that it ends on. And you tell me. What sounds more restful? Restful? Restful. Checkmate. Uh, in all seriousness, I could see the parts of the song flirt with A. Lydian, but ultimately everything resolves to E. Uh, anyway, that progression is similar, but not quite identical to the verse changes, so we'll call it the post-bridge, we'll call it the accordion solo. Um, so we have verse one, which is our A changes, chorus, which is our B changes, verse two, which is our A changes, chorus, B changes, Bridge C changes, which I can't say C change without thinking of the idiom C change as an S E A, <laughs> which then makes me think of the best album that Beck ever created and one of the best albums of all time, C change. Yes, gentle listeners, if you had Aaron will reference Beck on your bingo card for this episode, <laughs> please email us for your prize, which will be you get to talk to someone, probably Tracy. Uh, <laughs> Not a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. Uh, then you have accordion solo, it's your D changes, and your chorus, which is your B changes, and the outro, which is sort of like a tag ending of the chorus. So you have A to B to E. The last chorus does kind of a faux resolution to C sharp minor, ratcheting up the tension. And then we get the very satisfying 4 5 1 turnaround of A major to B major to E major at the end. So it's A, B, A, B, C, D, B, and then kind of. Slight repetition of B. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's an upbeat country rock. <laughs> Acadian. sweet <laughs> song. Well, I was going to say, the, the addition of the accordion mm. kind of makes it sound almost Zydeco-y, mm. right? Uh, uh, or Zydeco. Because it's like, it's, it's, like, it's got kind of, like I could, I could just kind of picture myself on a riverboat, you know, in Louisiana or something like that. Um, See, but, Acadia. But, I think of Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That that makes sense too. I can, I can has, definitely hear it that. It has a great big C kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, I really, I, I am unironically a, a big fan of accordion in rock music. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Weird Al fan. Although Al, we know you listen. Please come <laughs> on the show. But for instance, Scott Wayland uses the accordion to great effect on my favorite song on his debut solo album, Twelve Bar Blues. Lady, your roof brings me down. And by the way, kids, I looked that song up during my analysis of this song uh, because I knew I would want to refer to it. And I had no idea. I was today years old when I learned that, of all people, Cheryl Crow is playing the accordion on that song, on Lady Your Roof Brings Me Down. And my respect and admiration for Cheryl Crow has, like the Grinch's heart, grown three sizes today. Cheryl, we know you listen. (laughs) Please come on the show. We're going to have so many people on next week. (laughs) (laughs) It's our booking them. (laughs) <laughs> you bat him away what did you guys think of the music yeah i i had to agree with you i mean i have to disagree with you for a second though because you said an upbeat country i'm like upbeat who calls this song it's bittersweet <laughs> oh, i'm talking about the feel of the song of the music not so much the lyrical content because the lyrical content definitely... i don't know i don't feel like the uh, the song itself is even upbeat i think they put uh, some bounce I mean, in like there it's very for sure yeah I'm gonna just. I'll. I mean, I'm not musically inclined. I, mean, I admit it. Not up tempo. It's not my, like fast. My note that I wrote. Happy-ish. It's bittersweet. I would say it. That's mm-hmm. the worst. I, I wrote down very sedentary. Sedentary. Um, it's just. This is lying around the Barco Lounger <laughs> drinking this a beer. Song in Malaysia, yes. boy. It what feels like need? it's just like. A nice cool it feels beer. like floating just down the river. I can see that onto the stage. Right, but I'm I'm not up, not yeah, I'm not not like up tempo, but like when I say upbeat, I mean more like, I mean this, I don't know, maybe I'm just like very jaded, and anything that's not minor and dour is upbeat to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to ask Aaron, like the starting with the four chord, if that's indeed what they did. Starting mm. with the four chord, is there yeah. a reason that you would do that musically, like theoretically? I mean, there's uh, no theoretically. I mean, yeah. I, to to paraphrase from Airbud, there's no rule that says you can't start or end a song on something other than the tonic. It's just 
uh, a lot of especially kind of more standard songs usually do that but i mean you know there's a lot of songs that don't there's, you know you could start on two there's like two six five one or, or six two five one um yeah <laughs> sorry if you had airbud on your bingo card uh, please please stamp that um yeah yeah i mean there's there's no um there's no hard and fast rule but it's like a lot of times i i guess i only referenced it because when i'm analyzing a song the first things i look at are like what chord does it start on what chord does it end on and you know unless unless you're like uh dream theater or like you know rush or something <laughs> uh or tool like un- unless you're like prog rock or, or jazz or something like that typically speaking most of the time they start and end on the tonic but you know right i guess especially starting usually resolving at the very end that's a much more common thing and it's, it's a little more common to start on a four or, or a six or a two or something like that. I was going to say, so like going four to five to four to six, like that, that bouncing around in the upper range of mm. that, of that uh, key of that chord. Um, does that do anything emotionally with this, with the song? Like I know the five often wants to get resolved and, and yep. but like doing that, like, is there anything that it would invoke, evoke, um, mostly by doing that well i think it's just very satisfying like you can recognize uh, i would i would say even if someone you know has no idea what we're talking about when we talk about scale degrees and chords and things like that you can just kind of listen to the end of say like the chorus of the song or or whatnot and you can hear that that four five one turnaround is very satisfying right it just sounds right there's something to our ears and this is kind of um i don't, I don't think this is anything that's um and meshed with us, I think it's cultural, right? Because there, there are there are different kind of musical systems out there in the world. It's just that this kind of Western twelve tone uh, system is kind of the the predominant system that most of us, certainly in in America and you know uh, the Western world, are kind of used to hearing. So there there just are certain conventions that we grow up hearing, just almost the same way that you know children hear. Uh, language and they begin speaking by mimicking so like if we're surrounded by certain sounds those sounds tend to sound right to us so you know Mm -hmm. i think yeah it's you know five one four one four five one you know so would you say that that combination of bouncing in that area kind of gives at least in our culture in our in our society gives a feel of comfort yeah i think um there's an apocryphal tale it's almost assuredly not true but i'd like to believe it's true uh, I believe it was about about Bach, and uh, the uh, the story goes he's laying on his deathbed, and somebody's playing a song, and uh, they're about to resolve to finish the song, and someone distracts them, comes in the room or whatever, so they stop, and Bach is so upset that he gets out of bed and plays the final chord to resolve it to the tonic. So like, uh, you know, almost assuredly did not actually happen, but I love I love the the idea of it, and yeah, it, it, there's you know it, it, this happens this does happen sometimes. So I talked about how like we are more likely to see a song begin on a chord that's not the tonic, that's not the one, um, than end. But there are songs that don't end on the one. Uh, and, and sometimes you can kind of hear that. It sounds unresolved or it sounds like there's still some tension in the song. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think this song, especially given that, I mean, the, the most direct comparison I would make is Bringing It Home. Um, very mm-hmm. similar kind of, and I think mm-hmm. even the music video was kind of similar. And that was like a tour video. and It's kind of about... You know, that one, though, felt... I will say, Trace, to your point about the song not being upbeat, that song probably sounds a little more upbeat to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more triumphant. feels like a victory lap. I think that's the term I used yes. when we reviewed it. This one does feel more like... This feels like... Um, I want to say The Undiscovered Country, which is actually one yeah. of my favorite Star Trek mm-hmm. flicks, when uh, they're, they're, like, hanging up their spurs. Searching for God. Well, well, at the very... That was... Yeah, I mean, at the very end, like... When they're like, uh, Kirk's like, you know, second star of the right, straight mm-hmm. on till, till mm-hmm. dawn or whatever. It, it felt very much like, okay, we're bringing something to a close. And that's a little more what I feel here. And again, it's that bittersweet. There's still kind of a really satisfying feeling of, hey, look at all this we've done in this journey coming to a close. But then it's also, there's, there's the bitter of like, oh man, you know, maybe we won't get another album. Maybe we won't get another tour. So like, yeah, I could definitely see kind of the conflicted feeling, which... <laughs> It is possible, just maybe a little, that the um, the tension between whether this is 100% E major or there are some sections or some, uh, you know, pushes towards A Lydian, uh, it doesn't entirely 
the possibility that that was done intentionally and programmatically is there, given that we know that they are kind of music nerds, the the BNL crew. So like, it's entirely possible that was intentional and that was kind of part of it, the whole bittersweet idea. Betsy, what do you have down for musical notes? <laughs> well, not a ton. Um, I I think similarly, I was um, I I agree with the kind of the bouncy sound and everything. I really love the accordion because it did to me have a Canadian feel, <laughs> um, which is a really nice tie-in. <laughs> um, they sound a little torn about you know the message because they do. Like, I agree, it's bittersweet. Like, they just would like to keep going, but they also desperately want to stop. <laughs> and I can ap- ap- appreciate that, because, I mean, they've been on tour for 30 years or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah. You know, yeah, you gotta... Well, it, you know, you... It's a, you it's a good chunk of change. Sometimes, like, at, you know, I'm not as old as them, but, you know, you get to a point in your life where you start to reevaluate things and what and what, what do you want? So it's 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 very um, kind of timely that they're kind of, you know, adjusting things according to what they want out of life. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think that the word that ed used to describe this song is probably what describes the feel of the song the best um and and i'm i'm taking his there were several quotes that he had i'm going to take it down to one word rumination fair and i feel like that describes this yeah i mean there's almost a feeling of nostalgia about it it definitely does feel like they're looking back on their career um I mean, this this kind of is a nice segue into talking about the lyrics, right? Because, you know, uh, what do we need? Not a lot. I'm pretty sure we could get by on half as much as we got. So he's saying, like, you know, do we really <laughs> need to keep touring? We've got right. enough money. You know, it's not about money. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason to do this is because we love the music at this point. And then where will we be after the spotlight fades? We're going to have to learn to live in the slow lane. So it's like kind of like coming to terms with that, you know, like, yeah, it, it's like Kirk... It's like Kirk, you know, <laughs> retiring or, or becoming an admiral or whatever. Yeah. Right? So to, to continue my Star Trek analogy. And it's hard for him them to do it, but at the same time feel like they need to. Just as long as they don't make generations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brent Spiner, we know you listen. Please come on the show. <laughs> yeah. Brent Spiner, we would totally be all over that. Absolutely. Um, so Ed's statement on this, because they did do one of the things they did with this album is every week, Music Monday, they released a a like two minute video about what each song was about. <clears throat> um, and for this one, Ed said, this song is a rumination on how to endure all your dreams coming true. He tries to think about what the, uh, about that when the grind of the tour is going on and he's tired backstage and damn. that this is his literal dream. This is wow, that's uh that re- that really puts things into context. Um wow, that that just reminds me of one of the last lines of uh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where Willie says uh don't forget what happened. Oh yeah. To- he got everything he wished who, for. Like, all yeah. his dreams came true or whatever. <laughs> he said, what happened? He, li- he lived happily ever mm-hmm. after. So I certainly mm-hmm. hope that is the case for, for everyone. In but PNL. he says it with that almost sweetly bittersweet type. Yeah. He lived well, happily again, ever after. Yeah, it's, uh, like, no, it's, it's not it, like he lived. Like, it's not excited. It's <laughs> not like a joyful. It is like. It, well, it's there, a matter of fact there, with a little bit of happiness about there it. There is check, something, check. I think, intrinsic. Whoa. Oh. We lost. We lost a bet. Yeah. I bet she'll be back in a minute. Something tells do, me that she, do, she do, just do, lost do, her internet do, connection. Your call is very important to us. Now I have to keep this in. <laughs> you are number 45 in line. Please continue to hold. Do, 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 I do, clicked do, on button. There we go. Do, 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 do. Oh, there. We were on hold for you. 
<laughs> you guys are so rude and mean. Oh. I'm just going to see my way out. I thought, I thought we offended you. She's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Screw these guys. Yeah. Um, mic drop. Uh, but yeah, so where were we? Oh yeah, so it's just yeah. There's definitely kind of this this bittersweet feeling to it, and and I don't know. I, <laughs> it kind of makes me like this song a little more because I don't know. I like I like depressing things. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm such a fan of the Virtual Boy. <laughs> he also said we don't have to do these shows. Mm. We get to do these shows. Yeah, um, it's about recognizing that part, but also honoring the grind of it and and how hard it is. And he mm-hmm. says, "I do need a break at some point. All my dreams have come true, but please make it stop." <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair for any career, right? I mean, I think that's you know, after a while, you put in a lot of time, and even if it's something you love, that old phrase of you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Is not true. <laughs> no, no. Every job yeah. is hard. Even great jobs work. can wear on you, and, and things can be difficult. Mm. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I can only imagine what thirty years of touring would feel like. Yeah, I mean, it, they do spend a lot. Yeah, of and time who knows? That could have been, you know, the factor that got the ball rolling. Is you know, maybe they're thinking of their kids having kids and, and just kind of wanting to hunker down a little more. So it makes sense. It still sucks. <laughs> yeah. Entirely fair. <laughs> yeah. As he points out in the song, waking up on the bus is probably not great on the back. <laughs> I Jim, Jim is pretty skinny and you saw how crammed he was in that video. Like there was just enough. Yeah. Like, there was no extra room. (laughs) So, imagine squeezing Tyler in there. Yeah. I can't honestly imagine doing that for months on end. That would be rough. Yeah, I mean, we always, I think, envision, especially, like, for, you know, big rock bands, like, the tour bus being really glamorous. But at the end of the day, (laughs) it doesn't matter if they have a PlayStation on there. It's still a bus. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been on a Greyhound for longer than we wanted to and be. Not the, not the yeah, freshest yeah. air. Yeah, and and they're all sleeping <laughs> while it's being driven. Like mm. it's not like you drive to a place and then sleep where there's no motion. No, you're sleeping while while it's in motion the whole time, and you know, wake mm. up in the new city ready to go again. Skip it on stage like Jimmy does. Yeah, <laughs> in the video, <laughs> very cute. Oh, one um, thing. They, go ahead. I do want to point out they recorded this live on the floor together. So there's very mm. minimal overdubs in this song. What we hear is what they play. Which is a really nice, solid performance, honestly, especially if it's really like a single take or mostly a single take. Like, good on them. Well, and it's them mm. on the stage all together. Yeah. Like, usually they'll do like one or two. Like, they'll. Break yeah, you out isolate, you do scratch tracks, and you re record. And yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I like, I like the fact that they did that with this song. It's kind of cool. This song is definitely cut from the same cloth as a lot of like Latter Day BNL, and I've been perhaps a little harsh on this material as a block. Uh, this one, though, I don't know. I kind of maybe I just needed a little lift today and was happy to hear a relatively upbeat song. That's my concession <laughs> to you, Tracy. Maybe I just needed a little mm-hmm. bit of Ed's optimism because I do think there is still like it's. it's it's kind of a good thing, right? There's yes, there's an end of an era, but there's also like my legacy is secure, right? It's kind of a standing on top of the mountain with your arms raised, and you're like, yeah, I did it, I did the thing. Now I can finally stop doing the thing. <laughs> Sisyphus, a coffee break for Sisyphus. <laughs> In the music and, and video, people sorry, are saying that that's not that they're not saying they're getting done. Um, you know, here's Tracy's ten cents. No. I think. I think they are. I I'm a little worried, honestly, that BNL is done touring. Um, five of the five of the songs on this CD, most in that's mixed between all of the people who wrote on the song on the CD, um, are about touring being hard and about growing old and wanting mm. to be done. Um, all right, what you know? You know, in this song alone, we have the lines <laughs> of "We're going to have to live in the slow, slow lane and please make it stop." Um, <laughs> And, and the video very much feels like a best of hits of what a tour is. Uh, yeah. Almost feels like a goodbye. Yeah. 
And we even have the bow at the end of the song. Yeah. No, very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. I did like Um, seeing them having fun, you know, like outside. (laughs) um, I did notice that in the music video, Ed was riding a one wheel. Those things look like a lot of fun, but unless I'm mistaken, they recently had to recall every single one of them. I think there was an issue where people exceeded regulated speed and the motor didn't have enough power to properly balance the rider gyroscopically. Not an expert. One wheel, please don't sue. (laughs) Also, Ben Smith, our inventor of the original prototype, we know you listen, please come on the show. (laughs) Oh, obviously. Um, they, uh, They are touring Europe right now. Mm-hmm. But here's the downside. Usually, about two months ago, they've announced that they will be touring mm. the U.S. And they have not, as of today's recording, which is the beginning of February, made any statements about touring in the U.S. this summer. So, <laughs> so I checked Ticketmaster, and it looks like they're they have two shows in Boston on the same day. <laughs> They're like, let's and just then, get New England out of the way. <laughs> let's just get it all. <laughs> and then like 10 events in April in the UK-ish area. So. Well, I kind of mm. want to go see him again, this being the case. I know. And, and so, B&L, if you're listening. <laughs> Please come on the show. Here's, uh, here's what I have to say. <laughs> I really hope you do one more tour. And I hope that one more tour is for the fans and you get rid of all of the hits and you just play the B-sides and you play it in a small much you know we know you're not going to get the bigger venues with with service to the fans like that to the deep fans but that's okay that's what we want like we we want to celebrate you going out but we want to hear your your deep stuff your the deep summer cuts. of deep cuts tour Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. That would be kind of cool. And tour with Brian Adams and say it cuts like a nut. No. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say tour no, with Stephen Page. Not necessary. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I, I would totally. <laughs> do the recon- reconciliation tour. Um, yep. Even if they didn't get on stage and say, I will always be behind them playing with Stephen Page, even if it's just at the same time, like that one one than the other <laughs> same time separate stages same time <laughs> i will yes oh my god yes i want this stage over here with steven page playing it and i want bnl over they're, here playing it on this stage they have and like stereo they have software that allows them to sync up and there's like a certain midpoint where you can stand and hear a perfect blend of the two I will pay thousands of dollars <laughs> for that midpoint. I want this to happen. Make it happen, oh boys. <laughs> the fans have asked for it. Yeah. And yeah, I just I'm it, sure it, they're it, listening. With bated breath. Uh-huh. There's that music in the bridge mm. with the accordion which I, I don't know music theory, but to me it sounds very melancholic, almost wistful. In the way that it switches during that bridge, almost like a goodbye again. Definitely, definitely feelings of nostalgia, uh, for sure. I would have appreciated a little more of like the pumping of the brakes versus <laughs> screeching halt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> In terms of touring. Yeah. But a little heads like, give up. Give us a heads up. I, like this is well, our last you know, tour. This could be just a brilliant marketing strategy and they'll be they'll be back like the McRib. We can only hope. <laughs> Ronald McDonald, we know you listen. Hopefully Please come not just like the McRib. I am driving. <laughs> speaking of buses, I am driving that joke into the ground this episode. <laughs> Careening into the woods. 
<laughs> I, I will say, by the way, uh, Betsy, they have been giving us that warning. I mean, mm. their their last what ten tours have been called the last Summer on Earth tour. But listen to what you just said. The last ten tours. Yes. Get that McRib. It's a gimmick. It's not literal. Don't be so literal. Denial is not just a river. There were no signs. All good things, yes, it's true. So uh, I do have, um, I do have a trouble with Tracy with this song. Okay, we've talked a little bit about it so far. Is I feel like this song is a little slow. It's good, but I feel like I wanted to know what would this song sound like. Uh oh, uh oh. Okay. If if you sped it I'm up, I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, so let me get this set up here. It's gonna sound weird. It's gonna sound like sock hop music. <laughs> sock hop music. I gotta set up something too. <laughs> yeah, like, Here, let me set up. Like the kids things. are doing the twist, like they do. So at one and a half, because it did, even though it, it, I adjusted for pitching, yeah, um, it didn't quite sound right. So I did have to bump it down two steps um, in order to make it sound okay. But at the same time, at the same time, Ed's voice does sound off. A little too upbeat for my taste. <laughs> Not a lot. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we could get by without much we got. Where will we be? Holy moly. After the spot. Why are you face. making it worse? We're gonna have to learn to live in slow lane. And Darius um, Rucker filling in for Ed. No, that's the serial killer that calls in a movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like scary movies? What do we need? Not a lot. I'm pretty sure that we could get by with half as much as we got. Middle too upbeat for my taste. <laughs> I mean, the first one was the one and a half. So the second one was one and a quarter. I, I think even then it's a, a little water. too fast. <laughs> no! I, like, no! This... this I mean, I kind of like the OG tempo, but that, that's me just me. Me too. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. I'll tell you this: the that that voice, <laughs> the the sulfur, yes. the sulfur hexafluoride sulfur voice hex. in the second one. I will one say was it doesn't uncanny. sound right when you speed it, it up. It was disturbing, but entertaining. So thank you for that. <laughs> Hold on, I lost my chapstick. I'm very upset. <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> when, I love the comments that were in the in the uh, section. By the way, in the comments, that was that was amazing. <laughs> Ed had five cappuccinos at Timmy's. Timmy Hortons. Timmy Ho Ho. <laughs> I feel like knowing the context of how this song came to be and what it's about. It sort of makes me kind of root for it a little bit, you know. It's like the little song that could. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm in its corner, even if it's not necessarily. Yeah, like and and as you said, Betsy, it's not the speed of a 52 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. That's like that's more than a shuffle, you know. He's like scooting along. I feel like that's the sadness not, of the song. Make is. Sense. <laughs> And and maybe honestly, if this is what BNL is putting out, maybe it is time because, like, he's putting they're putting out songs that sound like they're made by a fifty-two-year-old, and that like, if I listen to Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney's music does not sound like it's being put out by a fifty-two-year-old. He he tries to keep it upbeat and going, and I mean he still tells a lot of stories. Um, but he was trying to collaborate with, like, he was trying to collaborate with Nirvana. He was trying to collaborate with, with, <laughs> yeah, you know, did. he was trying to <laughs> keep it relevant um, when he was 70. So I, I respect that. <laughs> and when he was 64. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So th this is kind of an interesting, this is a, like a gateway to a whole other debate that we could have. Uh, but. When I was younger, uh, shocker, I know, I, I preferred, like, either really sad, depressing 
music or, or really angry music. Uh, angsty either way, right? <laughs> Things have it's changed good thing so I'm much sitting for down. me. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you need a glass of water or a little trauma blanket? Um, so yeah, I'm sure that's uh, uh, came as a shocker to most people. But no, uh, I, I I I can recall hearing some of my favorite bands producing music in their later years that was not as angsty, and I was like, oh man, I don't like this as much as the old stuff, and like. That's a valid opinion, and it's probably one that I still share if I like compared those albums. But like the other thing is that when I, as I got older, and I thought about it, for me, being honest in your music, coming from a place of emotional honesty, is more important than like keeping an aesthetic alive. So like if Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails wants to put out like an ambient, relaxing, chill, down tempo album, I'm cool with that. I want to hear what he's what he's doing. If that's if that aligns with what he's actually feeling. Um, that to me is, is a recipe for better music, even if it's not the kind of music that I'm looking for from that artist. I would always rather they write from where their heart actually is. At the moment. <laughs> I'm not saying that Paul McCartney's not doing that because you happen to use that example. I'm just it saying is. I feel like that's what that's what's happening here at BNL. They're like, hey man, you know, write what you know. We're, we're all kind of feeling a little tired and shagged out. Maybe I, we should. I write think about it's that. fair. I and think what I miss isn't so much like the angst. I want. Like, one of the things that I miss from Ed are stories. You know, When I Fall was an emotional story. Mm. Had nothing to do with him writing from where he comes from. He was telling an honest story of what his his perspective of that person is. Um, And I think my problem on this album, and honestly on the last album as well in a lot of ways, in probably the last few albums is the songs very much sound the same um there's the same kind of chord going through them yeah i've been and saying much like the there's, same there's, for a while like so on this I album when i say there's a theme i mean no like literally there's a theme on this album of like we're getting too old for this and they're continuing on with it. And I'm like, okay, I got that in the last song. Okay. Yeah. You're, you made your point. Move on. <laughs> I think his mind just blew. Tracy, yes. I have a question for you. Are you familiar? And I'll throw this out to Betts as well. Are you familiar with the, everything uh, no. evolves towards crab? <laughs> what? Theme? No. So I, I don't, I'm not like up to up to date on my memeology on this, but there's like um, there are several as far if I understand it correctly, there are several like things that we call crabs that are like not related at all, but they kind of look the same. Like hermit crabs are not related at all to like king crabs or whatever. Um, they just happen to look kind of similar. And f- for a while now, biologists have kind of said like this is a really good form. The reason there's so many creatures like this is there's a good form to have. It fit, you know, for for adapting to a lot of environments, the crab is a good form. So the joke is that eventually we'll be like Zoidberg. Yes, yay! People are paying attention to me. So (laughs) (laughs) why not Zoidberg? Um, But yeah, so uh, Mac Rainey, we know you listen. Come on the show. Uh, But so with that setup of uh, everything evolves towards crabs, do you think that Canadian pop country rock with a little bit of wistful melancholy is like the the <laughs> ultimate final form of bnl it's their crab like they've they've achieved what they are have you know kind of evolved into and maybe that's part of it that maybe that's part of the whole thing they're like look we're not really evolving anymore we're doing the same thing we've reached our final form we've achieved full voltron uh maybe it's time to, to pack it in well, I mean, and then I think it was, which was the album before this. The, well, we'll be discussing it soon, which is the tour de good, force. Well, okay. So well, the album before this, they're all about like, we're, you know, they didn't say essentially, screw you guys, but they said, <laughs> we're going to write music yep. for us. And so that's been the progression. And I would say that, to where we're at now where they're just like bye <laughs> i guess i don't know it's i was eh. I, the last I, album I mean i guess the writing's on the wall but. And, I, and i shouldn't have said that this song is this album is samey 
the other one isn't there's a little bit more challenge to it i guess so you have like flip you have new disaster you, you know yes but you mm -hmm. also have songs like good life which is like this song <laughs> um you do have songs like live well which is like this song <laughs> Um, I will say that like, out of all of them, Jim is Jim and Kevin are the ones writing the more diverse songs on this album. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I think that's probably been the yeah. case for the last several albums, honestly. And mm -hmm. I, I mean no disrespect at all towards Ed. Like I said, uh, we've had songs where I, I've said, "Look, I think this is Ed doing what Ed does very well," and I think he does. He has a very particular kind of sound mm -hmm. that he is that's his crab form that he's evolved into and like that's clearly like what he's most comfortable with that's clearly i think that's what he likes and and kind of to my point and i'm i kind of I, to a extent i guess i'm defending latter-day bnl here which is uh past aaron would be shocked but um i i think the i you know like kind of uh, uh dovetailing off what i said earlier about like you should write what's really in your heart you should write what you're really feeling like if you have become, if you found your voice, right? Right. Like, who am I to say, hey, man, write something different? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. like you know, hey, I, I want Ed to be happy in writing what he wants to write. And, like, I'm just happy to have a, a, another VNL album. And hopefully we'll have another one. But, yeah. And I, mean, you know, I'm just I happy to get this at all. I agree. Point. And I think the only thing I would add is this isn't what I listened to BNL for. And so. It's not that I'll stop buying BNL albums, but they're not going to be the ones that are on rotation a lot. Yeah, no, but well, okay. Uh, looking looking at our video conference here, I see three people who are very big fans of Stephen Page. <laughs> uh, so, like, yeah, yeah. Betsy is wearing a Stephen Page shirt at the moment. Yep. I know. Uh, I'd be wearing it right now if I had a Page hoodie at my house. <laughs> Just the <laughs> reason I, I have to come by. <laughs> so... I mean, I mean, I agree. Like most of my favorite songs, if not written by Stephen Page, were at least very influenced by him, or, or he had a you know, um, uh, kind of a standout performance as part of it, or something like that. Not all, but most of, probably a lot. And I think it, it, I don't even like to be fair. Like I don't even think it's just Stephen Page. Like I, I do like his solo stuff quite a lot, but mm -hmm. I think there was a certain magic in Stephen and Ed coming together. And I, I think it was very similar to Pink Floyd, actually, in, in as much as, like, David Gilmore was always the more, like, commercially viable, kind of pop-friendly influence, and Roger Waters was always kind of the weird... It's kind of similar with, like, Lennon and McCartney, too. Like, Lennon was a little more jaded, a little more cynical, <laughs> a little more sarcastic. That's why I liked him. <laughs> so, like, you know, I mean, there's, like, the yin and yang of, of those, like, songwriting duos and you know obviously this is a group effort and you know we have you know cont contributions from everyone but you know I, when i think back to the page robertson era that's what i liked was was the combination of those influences and and kind of hearing the this is going to get really pretentious uh the like the hegelian dialectic right like there's uh, thesis and antithesis and then they kind of meld together and create synthesis and yeah i really like that synthesis of ed and Steve together, which is why I really do hope, boys, if you are hanging up your spurs, consider doing the real last I summer mean, on, that would on bring Earth a full circle. With Steven. Yeah. 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 It kind of would feel like a nice final <laughs> chapter. Yeah. You get we get a little closure. Uh, well, let's give a give. Let's give some ratings to this song. Hmm. Um. What are we going to rate how it? Many, how many Geritals? <laughs> <sighs> well, I get the feeling Sorry. like we're going to rate it not a lot. But um, <laughs> what do we score? Not a lot. Um, how many, how many uh, oh. knee injuries? <laughs> uh, tour buses? How many, how many tour yeah. buses? How many spotlights? spotlights. Because he talks like about that. the spotlight How many tours. Tour buses. Tours. tours. I like that. Tours. As, as tour we're buses. kind of talking, tour How teams tours? seems to be hopefully, the... Hopefully several. <laughs> oh, I well, like... How many last, How many last tours, tours yeah. on yeah. Earth? Oh, but... 
How many McRibs? That is that is a constituted pork, pork product. So, Spency, how many last tours on Earth do you give this song? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna have you skip me because I'm thinking still. Um, but Betsy, no, Betsy, no, it's okay. Let me give you some advice. I want you to just close your eyes for a second. Okay? No, I've played this game before. It never ends well. <laughs> <laughs> Close your eyes, open your hands. We're, 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 we're over a video, so we're good. Um, uh, uh. <laughs> and I want you to to dig down deep, and I want you to vote on this song by the way of your heart. <laughs> oh, oh, I do like that song. <laughs> Kevin, come on. We know you listen. That's next week's song. But anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Get, what, 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 what would your heart give this song? My heart <laughs> only gets part of the vote. Um, Mi corazón. God. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to give you a little bit of time there to, to think of your score. While yeah, I gave no, the, the... I'm distracted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I would say I <clears throat> like this message. I respect this message. It still sucks. But that doesn't, well, you know, because I love him. <laughs> oh, not that meant, message. I thought you in meant the, the chat. song. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> although I'm not the biggest fan. Yes, yes, honestly. Yeah, no, I... But so I would say, <laughs> I would say that this song bums me out a little, but I totally get it. <sighs> hmm. I guess. What it comes down to is, yeah, he's speaking where he's from right now in in this time and space, and and it's a kind of a boppy. I think it's got a boppy swayish swanter or whatever. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. I'd say it's three and a half tour buses, or what did we say? Summers, last tours. <laughs> we we got there. We we got the last tours. Last tours on Earth. <laughs> yeah, we drove. Aaron, on. how many last tours on Earth would you give this? Well, that's really interesting that Betsy said three and a half because I was thinking I gave bringing it home a two and a half because I was like that is right down the middle. Um, unlike Tracy, <laughs> I'm not all about upbeat all the time, so I kind of like this song a little better than bringing it home. Although I don't hate bringing it home. Um, but I was going to give it like a three and then we talked about the meaning behind it and I got kind of like, you know, this bittersweet nostalgia and, you know, I think that if it is the case that this is their last album or at least their last tour, they might just become a studio band. That's possible. (laughs) Just put out albums every (laughs) two years or something. They could be like Tool and put out an album every 11 years. (laughs) Um, Maynard, we know you listen. Come on the show. Um, but, uh, no, no, um. You know, so, yeah, that kind of elevated it, just thinking about the meaning behind it. And, um, you know, I, it made me kind of remember when we all went to see them together in New Hampshire and, and had so much fun. That was a great night. And it just kind of filled me with this kind of warm, nostalgic feeling. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not it's not on my best of, but it's, it's a pretty good song. And it's a nice kind of like um, potential kind of farewell. So I would also award it 3.5 last tours on Earth. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, that's going to make me the hater then, darn it. Oh, drinking the haterade. Um, I'm going to disagree with you slightly, Aaron. <laughs> um, yeah. I like this song a little bit less than I like bringing it home. Fair. Um, uh, I like you get bringing it home a three, th- I believe. No, maybe I like this song more than bringing it home then. Stop. Um, I like this song more than the Silver Ball. That's definitely... Um, so I'm giving this song a 3.26. Okay, I mean, that's a pretty, that's mm, very watered down haterade you're drinking over there. Yeah. I would say that's pretty mild haterade. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so next week we're going to be discussing a song that wasn't actually on the album at all. Um, it was the song that was left off this album, um, but we, they put it on the vinyl. Um, and luckily for mm. us, um, friend of the show, Saker, um, shared with us 
his um, he noise. he burned it for us and shared it with us. <laughs> he burned set it on fire. The Gen Alphas yeah. in the in the in the <laughs> audience. Uh, we used to we used to record uh, CDs by burning them with a laser, so it became known as burning CDs. We didn't actually set them afire. Well, and I guess. How would you say that in terms of um, taking it from vinyl Rip and it. putting it? <laughs> also, ripping is ripping. the process okay. of taking it from the physical anyway, media we have a copy. and making a digital Sorry, copy, and then burning would be derail. taking a copy and making new physical media. And, and I'm I'm going to correct myself. It wasn't this album. Oh, okay. It was Detour to Force that this was the this was left off from and put only on the vinyl. Ah, I see. Um, I see. So. So we will be discussing that next week. So thank you okay. guys for joining <laughs> yep. me for this discussion. Always yeah. a pleasure. And uh, thanks. Good that was night. fun. Have a good night. See you next time. After the spotlight fades, we're going to have to learn to live in the slow lane. We're going to have to learn to love the slow lane. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.